Welcome to the Present Age Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Malloy. On today's show, I interviewed Francesca Ramsey. You may know Francesca from YouTube, or from The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore, or from her book, Well That Escalated Quickly, or from her work on the recent reboot of iCarly, or from the time she was in a Maroon 5 music video, or from her recurring role on NBC's Superstore. She's done it all. Let's get started. Uh, hey, Francesca, how's it Hi, going? Parker. You know, I, I feel like the <laughs> the standard answer is it's going good, but the realistic answer is, you know, taking it day by day. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a challenge out there. <laughs> it is a time. It's a time, but we're here. We are, you know, doing the best that we can. Um, I'm trying to hold on to the fact that I'm healthy and I'm working and I'm working on stuff that I'm excited about. Um, so, you know, those are the things that are getting me through. Yeah. And uh, wait, when did you move? Because you, you said you're out West now, right? Yeah, I'm in LA. I had such a strange journey here. I technically was here in September working on Superstore for three months, but mm -hmm. I still had an apartment in New York. So I was subletting an apartment here for three months. Then I signed a lease, went back to New York, packed my apartment, and then physically moved everything here December 1st. So technically I've been here a year, but I'm, I'm counting December as like my full anniversary in El in Los Angeles. Cool. Well, congratulations on the, uh, on the, on the move. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. And also, so, so here's kind of the funny thing with, um, with super. So I watched superstore since the first episode Oh wow! Like, when it aired and then I didn't see that you had posted online that you were part of it. And I'm just like at home, like watching. I was like, okay, cool. And I'm like, wait, hold on. I know her. We <laughs> work so together. <laughs> A number of people said that. I mean, social media is so strange because sometimes it feels like you're getting all the updates from someone yeah. and then suddenly you get none and you realize like, oh, this person's just not in my feed anymore and I'm not sure why. Um, and I've been taking a lot of extended social media breaks and I took a big one right when I booked Superstore. So I wasn't even online for a while. So I don't... Um, I don't hold it against anyone if they're not up to date with what's happening in my life. It was a pleasant surprise. Oh, you yeah. you were you were great on uh, on that show, and thank you. I just one thing I liked about that that show, which uh, the show is that it it really seemed to uh, show what like you know it was a very labor focused yeah. you know shows like from from the workers perspective talking about unions and stuff mm -hmm. it's like that's not something you see on uh on tv much you know yeah, where, where, i think a lot yeah. of times so many shows you can see the transition when like the people making the show start making lots of money <laughs> become like very out of touch you see it with celebrities too where like they're 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 either their stand-up or their instagram posts or their interviews are really about like normal people shit mm -hmm. and then there's like this moment where they become like celebrities and that happens in tv shows too and with superstore it was very much the opposite like it really felt like oh right the people that are working on the show have worked in retail like they know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck they know what it's like dealing with customers um and that's why the show i think really spoke to a lot of people because it just felt really real yeah yeah definitely and that's that was one of the 
coolest aspects of it because you you know you always have like shows like friends where mm-hmm. the, people are working these these kind of like low-wage jobs but then but living in these giant. fancy apartments <laughs> beautiful you know. apartments while working at a coffee shop like well, girl bye well then you'd have like you know like a superstore it'd be like oh someone is sleeping in the tunnel <laughs> under the stores so, you know like something like that where it's just like okay that's more realistic yes i guess but um but yeah that was cool and i mean You've done so much, you know, you, you, you had a really big YouTube following for a long mm-hmm. time, then you, and you had your own MTV web series. That, yes. Which Parker you know, wrote for. Yes. And yes. So I, many episodes, Parker, <laughs> Thank you, you, you turned those around and it was so delightful that I got to work with you again. That was, that was that. so much fun. Yeah. It, it you, really was. Yeah. It was really great. Sorry, uh, I just had to hype you up a second. No, I feel thanks. Like, I appreciate like I always, it. I always shout out that you worked on that show, but I think people don't know it really does take a village. It's not just me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and the the thing I appreciated about that is is I've wanted to I wanted to write TV for a while, mm-hmm. and that was a nice opportunity to really kind of get into that sort of quick, you know, writing script yeah. type stuff. So yeah. I really appreciated that opportunity. When oh, you, cool. When you it was so great to work with you. But uh, yeah, and then you worked on, uh, you know, The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore, which mm-hmm. got canceled far too soon. Yeah. You know, you wrote a book. You yes. made a pilot for Comedy yes. Central. Yes. You, uh, I already mentioned Superstore. You worked on the iCarly reboot. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were in a Maroon 5 music video. <laughs> <laughs> with with Ilhan Omar. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. And yes. Like 30 before, other people. <laughs> before everybody knew who she was. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yes, well, I have done, I have done all of the You've things. done a lot of stuff. You know? <laughs> so uh, you know, so what are you up to now? Like work-wise? What are you doing? Um, I'm writing on Yearly Departed again, which oh, is on great. Amazon, um, which is an end-of-the-year comedy special. Um, and it was so wild because it was the first thing, the first job that I had during the pandemic. So it was a remote writer's room. There was no vaccine when we shot that. So it was, you know, it was stressful going to set and getting tested all the time. And this was a time when the rapid tests weren't really available. So you had to go get tested like five days before set. And then you had to come a day before and get there super early. And it was just like a whole process. So this time around, things are a lot different. We're actually going to have an audience this year. Uh, My mom is going to come and like sit in the audience, which is going to be really fun. So I'm working on that. Um, And then I I sold a pilot to uh, a streaming service. I sold two pilots. Uh, so I, and I won't say who they are. Cause I hope, I hope they're listening and they're like, Oh shit, she's talking about, us. no wait, she's talking about us. <laughs> yeah. Pitch y'all against each other. <laughs> um, so I am like, you know, racking my brain right now, trying to hit my deadlines, which is mm, not fun, but I, I'm making it work. And yeah, that's that's it. That's it. Yeah, you know, just just your average, you know, person doing like a little bit, a little bit of everything. You know, four uh, or five people's worth of work. You I know, that sort of stuff. Such an overachiever. Here's the thing: is I I realize that I thrive when I'm busy, and that I will complain the whole time. But if I'm not busy, I will complain because I'm bored. So I would rather be busy than bored is the thing that I've been 
saying to myself. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. I uh, I think that. I, th- I think I kind of have that that same issue, but I end up convincing myself that it's better to be bored. Mm. <laughs> so I mean, look, I could be productive. I could. There is but power then... in taking time off. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of juggling all of these projects. And, and a big part of why I've you know taken on lots of things is especially in an industry like television, where so much is out of my control, I find that it's better to have multiple things in development so that when and if one thing does not come through, that my whole world doesn't fall apart. So I'm right now looking at all the things I have in development, what's most important to me, what am I okay with if it falls apart, and also what will I do in the event that nothing goes um, and so a part of me is kind of like, I hope these things happen, but if they don't, I'm kind of excited to take some time off. I might just take the end of the year and just not do anything, which I have not done in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, God, it, it, it is nice to, to take a break. And that was one thing that I, um, when I, when I first started doing this, the, the podcast and also the, the newsletter that, that it mm-hmm. goes with, um, I quit my job in June and was just like, I'm just going to kind of dive into this and hope for the best. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's scary, but I'm, oh I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think yeah. a lot of people did that this year. It, it, it either they were forced to do it because mm-hmm. their job ended or, you know, they needed to move back home or their living situation shifted in whatever way. <laughs> but I think also it's just been a huge time of reflection where people yeah. are saying like, I could die. (laughs) Like, like, do I want to do this thing that I'm putting all this time and energy into? Is it making me happy? Is it paying my bills? Is it contributing to the world or, you know, whatever your priorities are? Um, And so it's really brave to say, no, this isn't working out for me and and I'm just not going to do it. And if, you know, things need to change, you can go back and get another job. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know, and Hope, hope for the best. It's not. It's not like working in in media was is particularly uh, stable anyway. So it's, like, it's not like I was leaving some like super stable job that that I know will be there twenty years from now. It's like right. it's entirely possible I could have gotten laid off two months later anyway. So I might as well right. do, move right. on to something I like. Yeah, it's true. But uh, one thing I kind of wanted to talk to you about uh, is is so back when you were on on YouTube a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, and also I do appreciate that you're like the most recent YouTube video you uploaded was from like a couple years ago, I think. Yeah. And and, and it's YouTube videos anymore. Yeah. And, and it's just you and Michelle Obama. (laughs) I was like, I was like, that's such a flex. Like, like here I am just, just me, me and Michelle just, just chilling here. And then like, I'm not going to update anymore. You know, it's just no. like, that, that is such a perfect. Oh, that's so thing. funny. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. But yes, but my last video is myself and Michelle Obama. <laughs> You're like, oh, I think I'm done with this. Uh, <laughs> but one thing, one thing that sort of, uh, that, that happened when, when you were really putting a lot of time into YouTube was uh, you, you got a lot of v- you kind of were one of like the early targets of those response videos, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. for people who aren't really uh, familiar, first off, you're lucky. Uh, but second, it's, you know, it's like there's this whole genre of video where someone will just just watch someone else's YouTube video and then 
offer their commentary yeah. or to debunk an argument or however yeah. they try to frame it. But I mean, in, in your case, it was just someone, it, it was kind of a lot of people just being really mean and oh, weird yeah. and racist and oh yes, just <laughs> awful. Yeah. It was a perfect storm. I mean, the internet has changed so much since I started creating content and it seems like it just gets faster and faster. Um, but in many ways decoded and, and what I was doing before decoded was really new. People were not talking about social justice the way that we talk about it now. Um, I kind of, stumbled into it and that's really what my my book is about that I accidentally started these conversations about race and privilege and microaggressions truly without any knowledge beyond my own personal life experience and you know I don't I don't regret it I'm glad that I did it but at the time I really felt like I was on an island making this content and and like not getting support um, and so when my content started taking off, um, a number of people realized, oh, I can just react to this and piggyback off of the views and saying incendiary things will always get you views. Just saying something heinous, even if you don't believe it, because honestly, I'm not sure some of these people even really believe the stuff they're saying, not that that um, excuses it. But just say something wild uh, or racist or sexist or transphobic or whatever, uh, and you will rack up use. So a lot of people did that. I paid a lot of people's rent for many years. <laughs> yeah, you did. I, mean, I don't know what they're doing now. <laughs> a lot of them are pivoting, quote unquote, and are now liberal, quote unquote. I, I clocked it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I... I it's one of those things that if you haven't been through it, it's so hard to understand. And, and no one who hasn't been through it really knows how to support you when it's happening. Um, but I got through it and a big part of my reasoning for leaving YouTube and just pivoting to other things was realizing like, I'm not happy doing this. Um, it, the reward is not worth the risk to me. Um, and I think there's a better use of my time and talents. And so yeah. that's what I've done. One other thing I wanted to to talk to you about and ask about was that you are really great at taking these social media breaks. And I have tried and I have <laughs> failed. And I just want to know, like, is there anything specific that you do that that helps you not check? Twitter yeah. or what, whatnot. I mean, oh, yeah, I have, I have a whole uh, <laughs> strategy. I take all the apps off of my phone. I, um, and I don't just log out of them. Like I delete the app off of my phone. I log out on my desktop. I enable my parental controls <laughs> and I, I put on my parental controls all of my uh, social media of choice. So Instagram, Twitter. Um, I even put some gossip sites that I, I, I love celebrity gossip. Um, I, I don't indulge the way that I used to, but I just like to know what's going on. Um, I put those on there and uh, I, I just 
I do that because even when I consciously decide I'm taking a social media break, it's just embedded into my daily routine that I wake up and I check Twitter. I, I don't even think about it anymore. I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll just check Twitter. Um, and if it's not there, if my my pop-up on my desktop says this site is blocked, I can remember like, oh right, I'm not doing that right now. Um, and I usually set a time limit for myself. I, I don't just arbitrarily pick a date. I say, okay, I have I have a script that's due or we're going into production or uh, you know, it's pilot season or something like that. I'm going to take off for two months. I'm just not going to do it. And I think I'm trying to prime myself to eventually quit social media full time. I, I'm just not there yet. Um, but oh, ooh, I want it so bad. Yeah. Taste it. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, one of the reasons that I personally struggle to, to take these breaks and keep these breaks and, um, all of that is, is just, just the fact that I worry yeah, yeah. that if I'm not on social media, mm-hmm. that I'm missing out on opportunities oh, yeah. or that I'm, uh, just missing out, missing out on anything. Yes. I mean, but, but especially when it comes to work related stuff, I, mm-hmm. I mean, if you I need, need to know, you need yeah. to know what's happening in the world, especially exactly. if your job is to quote unquote report on yeah. it. Yeah or uh, react to it or commentate on it or whatever, um, I totally get it. That has been a big part of the reason that I haven't been able to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, social media does not pay my bills the way that it used to, but it pays a few. <laughs> <laughs> it pays a few. Sure. So sometimes I'm like, Ooh, should I take this brand deal? Should I take this, you know, whatever it is. Um, and a lot of it comes through social media. Yeah. Uh, so I get it. It is really hard, but that is one of the conscious choices that I've been moving towards is making sure that I don't rely on social media for income. Um, and just, you know, to bring it full circle, a number of people made their careers off of talking about me. Right. And then when I wasn't there anymore, they were fucked. So like I, I, sometimes I check on people just like, I really wonder what that person is doing. And I realize their, their channel has tanked. Why? Because they built a brand off of what somebody else is doing. So I looked at my career and I said, if Twitter went away tomorrow, would I be fucked? The same way that when Vine went away, there were a lot of people that were that they were in trouble. When there was talk about TikTok no longer existing, there were people who were freaking out because they had put everything into TikTok. And I told myself I never want to be in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, social media has been really good to me. I love it and I hate it, um, but I don't want to be handcuffed to it. Right. Um, and so I, I've been weaning myself off. So I think if that's something that you want to work towards, it's really trying to find opportunities off social media so that you've got a little diversity mm-hmm. in your streams of income. Um, but also in your entertainment and how you connect with people. Yeah. Um, the internet yeah. has been fantastic, but it can't be for me the be all end all is it's, it's just not healthy for me. Right. And, and it's, and it's, there's another like level of challenge to it when, it, when 
everything is in this pandemic and you're kind oh, of everyone's yes. kind of cooped up in their own little mm-hmm. spaces and that's you when know, clubhouse for- was popping off people were lonely people <laughs> yeah. were on clubhouse falling asleep because yeah. they were just like i need to talk to people <laughs> yeah it's it, a social like a social media network that's created this all, all it was all it, or mm-hmm. all it is i guess is uh is it conference calls Mm-hmm. I mean, oh people, my gosh, people are sitting there willingly dialing into conference oh calls. My God, that's so, I didn't even think about that. We hated conference calls so much. And then people were selling their access to Clubhouse on eBay. Like, will you spend $1,000 for a Clubhouse invite to be on a freaking conference call? That's so funny. Yeah. Well, and, and then obviously, you know, as, as it goes with social media, every other company was quick to create their own version. Now Twitter oh, has yeah. its own spaces i think now. yes twitter has i've never used it before but people I, like it i listened to someone in there i like it better than clubhouse because it's it transcribes what's being said in oh. like super fast it's not perfectly accurate as right. those types of things are but i was just reading a conversation as it was going and it was cool and oh, i was like great. this is cool this is what was missing from from clubhouse yes you absolutely know? accessibility and, yeah and and that's that's another thing i try with this with this podcast is is i <laughs> i either find the time to transcribe the whole thing or uh which is 99 percent of the time i send it to one of those transcription services mm-hmm. that charges like a dollar a minute and i'm like it's yeah. worth the 30 bucks too yeah and it's know, a right it's a business this. write-off too yeah, i mean well, exactly. like, it is for work but yeah when when doing that you know I, I i've talked to so many people who are like yeah i i don't listen to podcasts but i really appreciate that this is accessible you know mm-hmm. not just not even just for people who, who um uh, need to read mm-hmm. read things but just people who don't want to listen which yeah, is fair or you're, or you're or you're multitasking yeah i am a chronic multitasker I, yeah um and so being able to read the captions on a video when i'm supposed to be doing something else <laughs> <laughs> is really really helpful so i could i can only assume that other people are doing that with podcast trips. yeah it's it, it's it's a lot easier to to sneakily read something on your phone than yes. to listen to <laughs> listen to the podcast or watch a video but absolutely yeah that and that uh, so as you as you were kind of saying when with um uh trying to wean yourself off of social media and and thinking about the question of you know how how screwed am i if if twitter shut down today mm-hmm. or something like that it's that's kind of what went through my head before I quit my job because mm-hmm. for some reason I succeed on Twitter and don't no, succeed on no, it. No, you, I know why you succeed because you're a good writer and because oh, you're smart. Thanks. But, I but mean, I, I'm not good on Facebook or. Mm-hmm. They're all no, different yeah, skill sets. That's, that's why. True. Because, because it's so funny because you and I, met through upworthy and there was <laughs> i a always time... tell people how weird that was of a fit that was for me and they're like upworthy yes. the place supposed to happy things i'm like yes i know right yeah okay but it wasn't it always was, happy it was so it much. wasn't always happy things and but it's and what people think, associate it with <laughs> yes but you and i specifically i think like we honed our voices at upworthy and kind of like changed the culture of what upworthy was doing because it was just like fluffy you know a son says something to his mother and you'll never believe da 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 whatever but like we started doing 
you know, things that were kind of pushing people to think differently about race and gender issues and like things that, that the platform wasn't doing before. But to that point, the way that we had to learn how to shape our voices was very specific to Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that, what was it called? Like the information gap or the, the curiosity gap, the curiosity gap, right? Like Facebook really lends itself to these long, personal, inviting topics and conversations that you like want to engage in. Um, where Twitter is more like a bullhorn. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, listen up, I have something to say. Yeah. And that and that's that that's fair. That's a that's a fair fair point, you know, about like the differences between those two. And another thing at up upworthy that, that sort of that sticks with me to this day is the fact that Facebook giveth, Facebook can take it away. I mean, it's, listen, it's all connected. Look at what happened to Upworthy, RIP Upworthy, right? Like it's not that the content changed. No, it's it's Facebook changed. Facebook changed. And then they tried to change the content to match Facebook, which, you know, to match what they thought Facebook wanted. You can't predict what Facebook is going to do. And that's why I think it's really smart that so many people are pivoting to newsletters. Yeah. Right. Where they're like, it's your mailing list. I want to have access to my fans or my audience. I want to connect with them directly. I don't, I want to go right to their inbox. I don't want to have to rely on, I mean, I've seen it so many times where people are like, I never see your Facebook post in my feed. And I'm like, I can't control that. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, That, that is, uh, that is one of the frustrating things to, to watch. And in the, in the few years that, um, because after I left, uh, after Upworthy, I went on to work at Media Matters, this progressive Mm -hmm. media watchdog, where basically it was like watching a lot of Fox News and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, where the whole time they would on Fox and on all these other right wing kind of sites, they would they would complain about tech bias. They would say it's against conservatives. It's like, no, y'all, it's yeah. happening to everyone. They, but they would do it so constantly that you could tell when Facebook would kind of start just like artificially like boosting some of these pages. Mm-hmm. And so now if if you look at like the top pages on Facebook, they're like it's like Ben Shapiro, Breitbart, mm-hmm. you know, all of these like right wing kind of things. But it's the same thing that I was talking about on YouTube though. Like mm-hmm. it is chasing like rage clicks. Yeah. You know, like at Upworthy we talked a lot about, you know, like empathy and heartwarming and and you know feel good like that's what's making people share those outlets are relying on people sharing because they're mad yeah and you can be mad on both sides of the issue right like Mm -hmm. you can be like i agree about with this and i'm pissed off about it or you're like this is bullshit and i don't like it now i'm going to share it to tell everybody how much bullshit it is yeah and both of those are very profitable for them people don't share like we are more vocal about things that we hate and i'm guilty of this too than things that we love nobody goes on yelp and is like the salad was amazing no they're like the salad had a rat in it and like burn this place to the ground yeah (laughs) i mean that's 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 totally it i I remember when i was in college someone was uh one of one of my teachers was was talking talking about that just being like you know something like just expect a 10 to 1 like negative to positive you know Mm -hmm. experience kind of like what drives you to respond to something and like kind of think about that in shaping writing and and stuff like that because Mm -hmm. 
you want people to respond, but I don't want to make people angry. (laughs) And that's, that's why I think that like, I, I feel every once in a while, I think about the fact that I'm just like, you know what, if I wanted to, I could, cause there's nothing that people, uh, that the algorithms in all of these on all of these platforms love more than people who will advocate against their own like rights. Oh like if I was gosh. a trans person who was saying like, oh, oh I, I shouldn't I shouldn't be allowed to use any public restrooms, and here's oh, why. Like you, I would become, you know, I would you would, I would like, be huge. Yeah, I would get. But we already have, ex- but fun. we have examples of that, right? Yeah. Like people love, uh, th- th- they're called a pick me. It's like pick me, pick yeah. me. They love a pick me. They love a token. I mean, there is, I, I, I get people a lot of times that ask, like, how do you go viral? Like, how do you do it? And there's not really like a trick to it, but there is a recipe that the internet and the algorithm likes. Mm-hmm. Um, it likes hot girls. It likes cute babies. It likes cute animals. It likes weird looking animals. As, <laughs> as we like, both have our dogs. So we both have <laughs> both very cute weird dogs. and weird looking. Very cute <laughs> and weird looking. The internet loves them. Um, but it also favors outrage, anger, and things that are surprising. And again, the, the surprising element was what Upworthy was really good, good at. But if you are a marginalized person saying something that people don't expect, you're going to you're going to blow up because people are going to be mad that you said it. People are going to be like, "Finally, someone said it." And yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a bunch of people that are just like so confused. Like, is this a bit? Is this like that Christian Walker guy? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are like, "Is this a, a performance art? Like, what? This gay black man is saying like he doesn't like gay people and he doesn't like black people?" Is this real? Yeah, it's it's like, what is this guy? And, and at first, I was like, oh, he's probably, you know, maybe he's just doing this and making cash, you know, making a lot I think of it's money a from both. I mean, but also, his dad is a is a former professional football player who is mm-hmm. now running for Senate oh, in Georgia. Well, yeah. So you know, well, yeah. I mean, again, I I think it is a little bit of both. I think maybe he does believe some of it, but I also realize that he is embellishing a lot. Like he's always in a Starbucks drive through doing yeah. these rants and ordering, like he's always like, and the gays and blah, blah, blah. And then he will stop and order his Frappuccino. And I'm like, you're doing a bit. Yeah. You're doing a bit. Right. He knows that that is ridiculous. Yeah. And he knows that people are going to think it's cringy, but they're also going to think it's hilarious because but he, he's doing that on purpose. Yeah. And people who people who agree with him will share it because they agree with him. And and here is the this is the thing I'm trying to dial back on is sharing content mm. that I disagree with to mm. say how bad it is. And yeah. that is like Look, I am guilty of it too. Yeah. I, like it, it's it is a hard line because ultimately you are preaching to the choir. Yeah. People who believe that terrible thing are not going to be swayed mm-hmm. by you sharing it and yeah. working on that. And ex- explaining why the, uh, such and such thing is wrong. And then the algorithms, the the social media, the, you know, platforms, they see that something's being shared and they're like, yes, people like it, you know, like yeah. they, to them, a share is a share and it's all the same. And yeah, I, it's, I it try is, to think about that, that when yeah, I'm posting. No, now. It's, it's totally true. It's totally true. I really have tried to, kind of move away from 
like education forward, um, mm-hmm. like the types of stuff I was doing at Dakota or Upworthy or even Nightly Show, which was still a lot of like infotainment and be more comedy forward. Um, just because I think that it personally is like less taxing for me. Um, I'd rather like make people laugh than just straight up lecture them. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been my personal compromise. Um, and also picking my battles. Like sometimes I have nothing to say that someone else hasn't already said. So I'd rather just share something someone else has said rather than add my voice to the chorus that's just saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. So if I have a fresh take, then I'm more likely to share it. Um, Not because I think I'm going to change the perspective of, you know, the shitty misogynist, but hopefully arm my audience with the information so that they're better prepared for these conversations Mm -hmm. or so that they um, can be better informed about the issues and, and, and really know like what's on the line and what we're fighting for rather than I'm I'm not going to, we're not going to change the minds of bigots, especially not on social media. Like it's just, it's, it could happen, but it's highly unlikely. Yeah. I used to try to justify arguing with people online by, (laughs) by going, well, I'm not really arguing with this person. I'm arguing for the sake of other. I still believe that that can be true. Sometimes it can work, but sometimes, you know, I, it, sometimes it, sometimes it it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. And you know what? I have gotten to a place in my life where I am, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dunk on myself because sometimes I've done shitty things. Like I'm human. And yes, sometimes I'm having a bad day and somebody hops in my mentions and says something racist. And I'm like, you gonna learn today, motherfucker. I'm going to, I'm going to (laughs) like clap back. I'm going to clap back. And guess what? It's going to make me feel good in the moment. And that's what I needed today. There's a pandemic. Like I have enough shit on my plate. If I get a little serotonin boost from this thing to me, I'm like, it's fine right? Like the internet moves so fast. This person, they're a troll. They they don't care. They're, we all, we all win, right? They got my attention. I got to dunk on them. A few people got to laugh and then I move on. So, you know, I I do think that there is value in it too, because there are people who will reach out and say, I was having a terrible day. And then you said this funny thing and it really made me laugh and I'm like okay cool great like plus yeah. one for, for Jessica oh every 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 time I get a a nice email it's always like I'm sure you've I'm sure you get a ton of emails saying like that people like your stuff it's like no I don't get anywhere near it <laughs> I don't get <laughs> any email it's like it's like I remember every specific one that I get because <laughs> because I do I do get lots of emails from people but they're usually from people who are very angry about something mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's uh so I that that's one thing that I, I I try to do a little more of is is reach out and tell someone like I really like this article article you yeah, wrote or I really I like this that. video you did or I'm your I appreciate your work because it helped me do something, you know. Oh my gosh, I love so. that. I I try to do that too. It's funny because strangely enough, when I'm having a bad day is when I like to do that. I'll randomly go on Twitter and just say like if you're having a bad day or you need support, tweet me and I'll I'll slide up in your DMs and I'll just spend 
an hour going in people's DMs and being like, you're amazing. I know you're upset about, you know, losing your job, but fuck those guys. You're going to get another job. And then they're like, thank you. This helped me so much. And I'm like, you know what? You being appreciative that I did this for you is as great for me as it is for you. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, I think maybe is the lesson <laughs> that, that if social media was just a little more, you know, if the way our attention worked was mm-hmm. that we could get more attention by saying positive things and not not necessarily trying to be extreme or surprise people that that maybe the world would be a slightly better place. But uh, that's yeah, not the I, world. <laughs> I also I forget who I saw say this, so I'm, I'm not taking credit for it, but I saw something that was just saying that as humans, we were never meant to be able to communicate with this many people at one time. It's completely unnatural to, from your phone, speak to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. It's just, it's not the way things are supposed to be done. And so, of course, there are going to be consequences. There's a lot of positive, too, but there's a there's a ton of consequences that come from it um and so yeah these networks and platforms are just capitalizing off of it because they don't care about our well-being they care about selling ads and oh, yeah. you know keeping the lights on so they're going to chase what works and what works is people being upset and mean and terrible <laughs> well before uh before we go is there anything else you want to mention or you want to plug or just um no you know all of my stuff is still like in that percolating stage um (laughs) but i you know i will say at at, like as a moment of warm fuzzy because we've talked about this negative stuff i do appreciate that the internet has brought some really great people into my life and i count you as one of those people um even if we don't get to talk all the time uh, I appreciate your voice so much on Twitter and, and just the fact that we've been able to stay in contact and, and find different ways to work together. And I'm, I'm hoping that we'll continue to keep doing that. And that kind of gives me hope that the internet can be a really positive place. It's not all doom and gloom. Oh. Well, th- <laughs> thank you. I mean, and, and that's, there are a lot of times when, you know, a project will end or something and I'll be like, yeah, hopefully we can work it together again sometime. And it's like, you know, Maybe I mean it. <laughs> Maybe I'm just kind of like, I know we won't. A thing that people say. Yeah. But um, when, when I remember when you left uh, Upworthy, because, you, you, you know, you, I, I think we both kind of had the same attitude about Upworthy, which wasn't, yeah. wasn't bad. It was like, it's like, it's a job. It's, you know, it is what it is. You know, when you left, I, you know, it was like, I hope we can work together on something moving forward. And we've been able to do that a few times. Yeah, so I'm yeah. always happy when that is that is the case and i really appreciate your work you are always the the person i you are someone i look up to uh, oh. immensely so oh that's really sweet i really appreciate you saying that parker well thanks That's today's show. Thanks to Francesca Ramsey for stopping by. As always, you can find a full transcript of today's episode at readthepresentage.com.